Well, welcome to Inspired with Shantae, the podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and we are in the Mission is Possible series. And with me today, I have my very first guest, Miss Devondia Roseboro. And coming up on this episode, I'll be discussing with Devondia her mission and learning about her new book and all of the great things that she is doing. Uh, so giving you some information about Devondia, she's from North Carolina. She's a woman of strength, perseverance. She's a woman definitely on the move and one to watch. She's a fierce sought after motivational speaker. She's a television personality, a writer, publisher, and master life coach who recently graduated with her master's of arts in communications at Queens University of Charlotte. Ms. Devondia, she graduated cum laude with a bachelor's in communications from the illustrious Johnson C. Smith University in 2017. Uh, Devondia, she's the founder and executive director, director of the Raspberry Rose Foundation, Inc where its mission is to positively impact the mind, body, and soul of African-American women and girls struggling with low self-esteem with a major focus on HIV prevention. Uh, Devondia is the author of Put It On Paper, My Last First Kiss, Changed Woman, Unchained, and The Awakening of D. She's the owner of a full-service publishing company, and enjoys assisting authors and branding with branding and marketing. Devondia, welcome to the show. I probably told you 20 times already, and I'm going to tell you again, thank you so much. I'm really glad to have you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, and I appreciate you for having me on, Shantae. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I think we scheduled this, what, three, three weeks ago? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's finally here. And so my, my first question to you, we'll get straight into uh, the interview. What is your story for the listeners who don't know who Devondia is? Can you tell us about who you are? Who, who well, um, I think you told a little bit already. So thank you for that introduction. Um, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, of course. Um, I am a mother. I'm a grandmother. I am a soon-to-be divorcee. Um, I have two college degrees and seeking to get a, a third one, a master's in social work. I am a publisher, an author, certified master life coach, a speaker. I'm a lover. I'm a friend. I am an advocate for HIV. I'm an activist. I am a warrior for the hopeless, the helpless, and the voiceless. That's me. I'm Devondia. That's amazing. Wow. How do you manage it all? Being that you are a coach, you are a mother, you are a grandmother, you're writing books, you are motivating, you're inspiring people, you're advocating, you're making time to do this interview. How do you wear so many hats, but you seem to manage it with so much grace? Time management is definitely a plus. Um, I'm very organized. And you have to love what you do. If you don't love what you do, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be all over the place. But for me, I love people. So outreach is going to always be second nature to me. Um, So whatever I do, I try to do it with dignity. I try to do it with poise. I try to do it with 
um, confidentiality, especially some of the roles that I have to play with individuals that talk to me about sacred things um, in their lives. So I think the, the main thing is time management and loving what I do. That's what helps me do, do it all. Okay. I think that's, you hit it on the head right there by having a passion about what you, about and what you're doing and loving it because that just continues, continues to make you want to do it. Right. So I can definitely understand that. Um, do you have any self-care routines that you have that you can share? Yes. My number one self-care uh, routine is therapy. That's my number one therapy. I see a therapist once a week for one hour. And every Monday is my mental health Monday. I don't do anything for anybody but me. So if I want to lay around for two hours, I'm going to do that. If I want to listen to music for three hours, I'm going to do that. If I want to eat this, I'm going to do that. If I don't want to eat that, I'm not going to do it. It's whatever it is I want to do for me, whether I want to write, whether I don't want to write, mm -hmm. is to just chill. So I I took a um, the opportunity to rearrange my life on purpose okay and i'm going through a divorce and so rearranging my life on purpose allowed me to say tuesday through thursday is when i work friday through monday is my time to do whatever i want but on, and with anybody else but on mondays i don't do anything for anybody but me wow it's i'm selfish, <laughs> I'm selfish on that day it's i don't think that's a bad thing i don't think Self-care is not selfish, but I think a lot of people think right. that it is. So that's awesome. Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit because I know that you are a huge advocate when it comes to HIV and um, AIDS advocacy. And you have your organization, the Raspberry Rose Foundation. Um, I did say in the bio, uh, your mission, it says to positively positively impact the mind, body, and soul of African-American women and girls struggling with low self-esteem with a major focus on HIV prevention. Now, one of the things I admire about you so much, Devondia, is following your page and following you on social media, your transparency. Uh, within this topic, I personally can say for myself, and I don't know what the listeners, is that I don't hear about it enough. Right. Um, and I think when you are that transparent, people can connect with you and, and relate to a struggle and relating to someone overcoming something. So I think that's so powerful. Um, so thank you for all that, the work that you do in that. Um, thank you. So my question, you're welcome. My, my question for you is for someone who may be dealing with low self-esteem, but they're not aware that they have low self-esteem. Can you talk about what that looks like and how it relates to the work that you do with HIV awareness and prevention? A lot of times um, it's usually a depressive state for people sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, low self-esteem looks like vulnerability. It looks like um, attitude. It looks like anger. It looks like snappy. It looks like disrespect. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like abrasive. It looks like it doesn't mean any harm because hurt people hurt people. And until right. they learn how to channel that energy the right way, they're going to continue to do it the wrong way. Um, when it comes to women, especially um, that I work with, 
in the HIV field or outside of the HIV field, because my nonprofit is for those that are that I want to prevent from catching the disease. So okay. a lot of times those are the ones that have not put themselves, they, they may be putting themselves at risk and mm-hmm. don't know it, or they may be at risk and know it, you know. So what I do with them is different workshops, which it has been obsolete due to COVID. And I would do uh, monthly uh, events by Raspberry Rose to allow women to come together and learn one how to fellowship. Okay. And then target the behaviors, go in and talk about behaviors, giving them a safe place to um, engage in dialogue about anything where, where it might be divorce, it might be disease, it might be sexual abuse, it might be domestic violence, whatever the case may be, this allows women to see and tap into whatever it is that's, you know, got them not acting the way that they act. Because a lot of times, or if it's not 100% of the time, it's the behaviors that get us in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the social economical backgrounds. We talk about race. We talk about, you know, the environment in which they live or maybe even how they were raised. But a lot of times it has to do with the behaviors in the generational um, cycles that have not been broken due to mama did it, grandma did it, cousin still doing it, you know, and so they're used to it. And a lot of times people are afraid of change. Oh, definitely. So, you know, just to, uh, read that, that it looks angry. Low self-esteem looks angry to me because I was her, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm going to talk about what, and, and my transparency and whatever I do always relates back to my story. I had low self-esteem, so but it showed in my weight, it showed in my appearance, but to everybody else, I looked okay, but to me, I didn't look good enough, you know, right. to somebody else, oh, you have a pretty face, but to me, I have blemishes up under my makeup, you know, mm-hmm. to somebody else, oh, girl, I love that outfit, girl, you just don't know how many girdles I got on to make this thing look good, you know, so just being able to do too much more than the average would have to do to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. And I want to attract women with my with my transparency so that they can see, wow, if she can overcome those barriers, I can do the same thing. And that's, you're absolutely right. I totally agree, especially when you talk about wearing masks. Right. We do a great job at pretending when we're hurting and when we're in pain and then tend to cover it up as women and uh, you know women who are struggling with issues they need a safe place around other like like like-minded women and share um what is one myth about hiv aids that you can speak to um i guess the one that i remember the most is um i got asked a lot when i start started speaking is Oh, I guess you can't have sex no more. And then I reply, well, I'm not dead. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, life goes on. It's just you're more conscious of what you do. Not Mm -hmm. only that, who you do, but Mm -hmm. also you're more protective because somebody else is more harm to me than I ever be to them. Okay. I think the myth of you can't have sex, the myth that you can't eat off my plate, you can't drink behind me. To be honest, I don't want you to anyway. But, you know, just knowing the facts on how to, the, the disease is contracted. You know, a lot of times people still are in the woods about it. And like you said in the beginning, it's not talked about enough. 
um, if I can say back in the Ronald Reagan day, um, HIV had a month and that was the month of October. But now mm-hmm. breast cancer has saturated and has taken over that month and not taking anything light from anything, but World AIDS Day has a day, you know, okay. and it's it, it, and it's an observed December 1st um, to channel the um, target individuals in different countries so that they'll know what to do in order to mm-hmm. combat this disease. And so a lot of times that disease is pushed under the rug just because by the powers that be, um, mm-hmm. because they don't want to pay attention to it. It's a moneymaker. That's my opinion. Wow. It's a like the rest of the diseases. If I can I, keep you sick, you're going to keep taking the medicine and the insurance money is going to, you know, insurance company is going to do what they're going to do to start, you know, continue to put it out there. So that's how I look at it. Wow. I, I had no idea that uh, the month of October was HIV AIDS awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I read on the HIV.gov, it says, Approximately 1.2 million people in the U.S. are living with HIV today. And that was in 2018. One right. in seven don't know it and need testing. Um, right. So I don't see why it was something that would be pushed to the back burner. That doesn't make sense. If someone, I'm sorry, go it ahead. It used to be one in five. So it has definitely increased, decreased over the years. Mm-hmm. And it was a slogan that was um, decreased the increase of the infection rate. Mm-hmm. And so now it's one in nine, but in, in women is one in nine. Okay. Um, and, and then I guess in everybody, the whole totality yeah. of the population is one in seven. Okay. Just it has definitely, you know, decreased. Um, and it also mentioned too that it happens a lot in the South. A lot of people are infected in the South. Why do you think that is? Uh, socioeconomic um, education mm-hmm. uh, behaviors, as we were talking earlier in regards to what grandma used to do, what mama mm-hmm. used to do, um, the churches. Uh, people not having this respect for mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. People think that it's okay to you know, have sex with him without having... Um, a HIV test done just because he looks good. It doesn't look like nothing's wrong with him. When I'm 200 and something pounds, you know, and I look good and I'm walking around here, but if I didn't tell you that I was diagnosed with AIDS 17 years ago, you wouldn't know. Right. You wouldn't know. So it doesn't have a look, it doesn't have a shape, and it definitely doesn't discriminate. But a lot of times, again, the advocacy has slipped out uh, through the cracks over the years. Um, we have some strong ones out here, but I can't do it by myself, um, of course. And then, of course, um, when it comes down to the media giving information, you see now everything is oversaturated with COVID-19. Exactly. And you don't see the, I asked my doctor when I went to the doctor last month, okay, so what type of studies were done in reference to individuals living with HIV? Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't answer that. You know, but I have to take it upon myself as a researcher to do what I can to find out. Because as an aging person mm-hmm. living with HIV, I'll be 50 this year. I want to know. So if I'm not getting it from the powers that be, then I have to do my part and be advocate for myself. You know, so mm-hmm. I signed up for a class to help me 
see what COVID is going to do to those that have pre-existing conditions. Wow. Um, if someone wants to get involved, because like you said, um, there isn't enough advocacy, how can people go about uh, getting involved? Do you have volunteer opportunities within your organization? I know you can't do much now with COVID. Right. right. I definitely can't do anything right now due to COVID. But once, you know, the world opens back up, which I am very grateful for that day to come, I definitely take the opportunity to uh, contact me. Um, at 980-477-0144, that's my business number, or go to my website at raspberryrose.org, and you can contact me there in reference to seeing how you fit in with the uh, Raspberry Rose Foundation. If you line up with our values, if you line up with our morals, if you line up with the mission to positively impact the mind, body, and soul of African-American women and girls. Okay, thanks for sharing that. And listeners, if you you heard Divine Dia, you can contact her directly if you are looking uh, to ways and how to get involved with HIV and AIDS awareness. Um, well, the next thing I want to talk about, Divine Dia, and thanks for sharing all of that information. Um, this book that I have, um, Divine Dia released a new book, Depression Uncovered while cover in anxiety. Um, what inspired you to write this book, Divindia? I first have to say, when I opened up the book and I saw the playlist, I was like, oh my gosh, Mary J. Lodge, my life. And you have a lot of hit songs on here. Is the, are these songs that you were listening to while you were in your marriage or as, as you were coming out of it? How does, where did this playlist come from? The, the the actual playlist itself is the playlist of 2020. Okay. Those are songs, and I left three out. <laughs> but those <laughs> are some of my top 50 songs or so. I think I have like 47 on there, if I'm not mistaken. And I left three off. Okay. So I was supposed to have 50 songs. And those were my top songs for um, 2020. Those songs have uh, significant meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I shed some tears, whether I was riding out, whether I was drinking my long island iced tea, you know, whatever I was doing, whether I was putting my husband out the door that particular day, whatever song was on has a meaning. And I like to incorporate music through mm-hmm. healing. And so those songs meant a lot to me. That's yeah. awesome. I do the same thing. I love playing music whenever I'm going through something and we look back on it like I'm sure you can look at these songs and you can it'll take you back to a certain time. Um, so what is your um what is your mission in life, Devondia? The, the the series that we are in is in uh is mission is possible. So do you have your own personal mission that you live by? Um Right now is me. Right now I'm the mission. Right now it's it's I'm really taking this whole year. Even though I said Mondays are my my mental health Monday, I still have to live life Tuesday through you know Monday. Mm-hmm. But this year 2021 is about me okay. because I spent almost seven years um, dedicated to a man, almost two years married to a man. And then my daughters are grown. My grandbabies are mine. You know, um, I just, it's, it's all about me right now. 
It's about healing the mind, body, and the spirit. Because if I'm going to advocate, if I'm going to be transparent, if I'm going to show women how to get over, I have to overcome. Mm -hmm. So this is my year to heal. You know, even if it don't happen overnight, this is still my opportunity to do what I need to do in 2021. Absolutely. Yeah, my mission is to travel. My mission is to get a divorce. My mission is to get accepted into this MSW program. Mm -hmm. My mission is to go to Jamaica in October. That's it. That's what I want to do. Okay. That sounds like you know exactly what you want, and that's the main thing. That's Um, Now, as you were on this, on your life journey and having your experiences, I mean, you're at a place where you are doing so much, you know, you're motivating, you're inspiring. Who has been, if you could say the top three people that's been the most influential to you, if it was mentors or uh, just whoever, people that have impacted Devondia that you can say helped you. Number one, I have to say my mother. My mother, Patricia Kennedy, she was and is my first teacher. Okay. Um, I've always been told that, you know, when you learn how to write your name, when I learned my address and how to write in cursive, that came from my mom, you know, so she's my first teacher. She still imparts wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as well. Mm-hmm. My second will be uh, Professor Gary Guffey. He's a um, a professor of many with many hats at several universities, but I met him at the illustrious Johnson C. Smith University, and he still impacts my life um, okay. to this day. Um, the third persons I will have to say is a multitude of people. It would have to be my daughters and my grandbabies. Okay, um, they, they inspire me. Just looking at them doing the things that they are doing in their young life, becoming entrepreneurs, and me doing it latter. You know, I'm just grateful that I can see, you know, vicariously some of the things that I should have done then that they're doing at 26 and 28 years old. So mm-hmm. I, I, those are my heroes. Those are my mentors. Those are my, um, the ones that I look up to. Okay. And I'm sure with you being a mother and a grandmother, they're looking up to you as their role model, because I see that your daughter, she just started a new business. Yes, yes, yes. And Bellish Rose Buds. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, now, I know that uh, I read in your bio that you are a purpose pusher. Tell us more about that, because I know you're also a life coach. Mm-hmm. So when you say that you're a purpose pusher, what does that mean? I was given that name by a friend of mine named Teresa Legrand, who's my spiritual coach. Mm-hmm. And she told me to say, you're a purpose pusher, Devondia. You push purpose, you push life, you push um, um, greatness and, and opportunity in individuals through your transparency, through your story, through your testimony. And I said, can I use that? And she said, yeah. So that's my tag. That's my hashtag. That's mm-hmm. my tag now with my um, life coaching is the purpose push. It was the natural coach. Okay. Always been able to help people, even at a young age. I always gave advice, and that's what people looked at in the beginning when I took my coaching certification. Was coaching is like advice. If you give the best advice, think about going into coaching. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, but it's a little bit more. 
you're definitely not a therapist. So that's why I'm going for my MSW. So here I am now. I'm like, okay, I'm pushing purpose in individuals' lives. So when I have a sister to come back and tell me, it's because of you I went to college. It's because of you that I, you know, I went and um, uh, got my credit together and got a house. It's because of you that I went out and got a car. Or it's because of you I left this toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. It was on purpose that I was able to meet you. It was on purpose that I was able to connect with you. And it was on purpose that I was you allowed me to give you that nudge and that push to elevate to your next level of expectancy in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give to someone, being that you are a purpose pusher, want to pursue their purpose or something that they are passionate about? I think the main thing is, is, is to do it, you know, do your research. Don't worry about who else is doing it because a lot of times that's what people get kicked off at. And a lot of times people get mad. Oh, she doing what I'm doing. It has nothing to do with you. If God gave you something to do, then do it. Because like with many talents, you know, if you bury them, you can lose them. Mm -hmm. So you take them and you use them and take advantage because somebody needs you. And I think the most important thing about, you know, defining what your purpose is, is once you find it, if he gives you something, he's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the support and he's going to give you the tenacity. The only thing that you're going to do to mess it up is not to do it. Wow, that's some great advice right there. You heard it. Just do it and do not be worried about what somebody else is going to think because people, they're going to say something and have something to say regardless. So as you said, you might as well just go out there and do it. Do it. Um, That's right. Now, what advice would you give to Devondia 20 years ago, your younger self? You know, and I'm glad you asked that question because when I saw it the first time, I was like, I don't want to answer this. And I, when I read it, because it's one of those questions like, huh, what would I say to myself? And I thought about it because I used to beat myself up when I went back to school. Mm-hmm. I was an average student, but as an adult, like I said, I graduated cum laude, mm-hmm. you know? So if I was able to go back to... I'm going to say the 16, 17-year-old Devondia, I would tell her to leave that boy alone. And the 19-year-old Devondia, go on to Western Salem State University. Don't, don't, uh-uh, leave that boy alone. Right. And, 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 and I would have gotten that HBCU experience at a young age instead of at an adult age, which was great, but it definitely did not give me the entire HBCU experience. But I would definitely tell myself to live life. Mm-hmm. Um, don't rush life, you know, because we couldn't wait to be grown. And now we're grown and time is passing us by. And to slow down because I was moving fast, trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to be here, trying to be there. Mm-hmm. And anything accomplished. Okay. Anything accomplished, you know, going to school for various majors, dropping out, low self-esteem, all of that stuff. And then once I send my guy life together, then I was able to do what I'm doing now at almost 50 years old. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Um, I didn't send you this question, but I was read. I, I, I didn't read. I was looking at an interview that you did on mm-hmm. your Instagram page. And I'm telling you, 
I, I thought I had it written down. And I can't find it. But mm-hmm. you spoke on mindset and my socks, they literally flew across the room. I was like, um, wow. <laughs> you mentioned the fact that you, you said something to the point where it wasn't my it wasn't my environment. It was my mindset. And when I changed my mindset, it was then you were able to do everything that you wanted to do. And I think that's so powerful. Can you talk about how important it is to um, or talk about mindset and how that relates to moving in your purpose? Yeah, I think what one of my favorite books to get my mind right, of course, the Bible. Mm-hmm. But George has this book called Battlefield of the Mind. Okay. And a lot of my issues came from the mind. I suffer from anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So the enemy likes to sit here and say those crazy things and you believe them. So I started speaking those things as if they were, instead okay. of speaking those things as they were. And, you know, that's now faith. You know, not faking it till I make it, but faith it, even if it's not. I spoke by his stripes, I'm healed until the virus was undetected in my body. Right. You know, so it's all in the mind. Everything has been mind over matter for me. You know, mm-hmm. like Dr. Sue says, if it don't matter, it don't mind it, you know. And yep. so I felt that it was necessary for me to control this because the brain functions and it controls everything in our body. Everything okay. in our body, you know. Okay, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And because it controls everything in our body, we have to learn how to control it. Because if not, we'll be all over the place. So I wanted to make sure that I lined my body up with my mind and my mind up with my purpose. Okay. And I have have purpose. I have talents and I have many gifts. Right. So, but if I don't have the mindset to make those things great or make those things manifest, then they're going to die. So I have to be responsible for what I put in it, mm-hmm. who I allow to get in it, mm-hmm. and what I take out and put in the atmosphere. Wow. So everything comes this way and it goes this way. So everything mm-hmm. that comes out this way has to be purposeful. Wow. Everything that comes in here has to matter. Because even like today, I was like, I can't be a trash can. Mm-mm. I do anything from everybody. Anybody, mm-hmm. I don't mind, but you're not going to kill me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and that's too. It sounds like boundaries to bond you, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Got to, got to shift those boundaries around to allow. And I think even with COVID, giving people the opportunity to be at home and Mm -hmm. to if you're not, a lot of people are talking about, oh, all this money that's been coming in with the PP and the the stimulus and all. If you ain't got on, everybody's not going to be a boss. No. Everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur because who's going to be an employee if everybody's a boss? One. Two, if everybody is looking at getting all of this money and is not doing anything inward, we're just going to be rich, lost people. Mm -hmm. So I I wanted to be rich, mind, body, and spirit. So Mm -hmm. I know what to do with my money because I don't want to be a broke dummy. Because at the end of the day, somebody going to trick me because I'm not going to be smart enough to keep those coins because everything that come up is going to look good and flashy and I'm going to want it. Mm-hmm. So the mindset has to change. 
Because I know one thing I used to say, I love clothes and shoes. God is not going to bless me because I spend my money recklessly. Until mm-hmm. I start lining up, okay, well, I already got two closets here and I got 50 pair of shoes here. When I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to take these to crisis. I'm going to take these to Goodwill. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Ashley Stewart's and buy me some more stuff and then leave it alone. Okay. What would you got? You don't have to have that Louis bag. You don't have to have that Michael Kors bag. Keep up. I totally agree. I mean, with the the new stimulus money and everything that's going on, it's a perfect time for people to invest in themselves. I can't, I'm not a financial advisor. Right. I totally agree with everything that you're saying. And I don't know who was it said, Steve Harvey, I think, or, um, uh, if you you can move into a new house or you can buy new clothes, but it's the same person. If you haven't changed your mind, you can be the same person. Right. That's so, definitely agree with you. Now, I did. We talked about your book just a little bit, um, but where can people purchase your book? Somebody had reached out to me on Instagram and they said they want to get a copy of your book. Okay. Where? Depression Uncovered While Covered in Anxiety is um, available on my website. You can contact me on my website, raspberryrose.org. Mm-hmm. And I prefer people buy from me because I'm a boss. So right. I wrote 100% of my royalties. Yes, it's available on Amazon. You can get the Kindle version as well on Amazon for $6.99. The paperback um, purchase is $12.95. And I, I sign those and I ship those out directly to my um to my readers okay if you need to get a copy of divandia's book like she said you can reach out to her directly um her instagram is d-e-v-o-n-d-i-a-r at instagram.com and then i'll also upload your website and all of your information on the podcast so you can get it from there as well um so thank you for everything miss devondia thank you for your time um you you know it's it's greatly appreciated and i would love to have you on again because you share you have so much wisdom and your spirit is just so genuine i could talk to you all day but i can't all your time um but thank you again for being on the show you've definitely shown us that the mission is possible and to all of the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, you can follow me on my Instagram page. I will upload this podcast. Uh, it should be available by Monday. Um, my page handle is Inspired with Shantae. You can follow me there. Um, until next time, be blessed and stay powerful. And thanks again for tuning in. Take care.